fright rags, horror apparel, and accessories. <laughs> if you're a horror fan, then Fright Rags is the place for you. Fright Rags has been bringing you the best in horror apparel and accessories since 2003. Officially licensed collections, including fan favorites such as Halloween, The Evil Dead, Creepshow, and tons more. No matter what type of horror you are into, Fright Rags has you covered head to toe. Offering a wide range of exclusive products from your favorite creature features, slasher flicks, and cult classics. Metal Hand of God listeners get 10% off when they use the code MHOG10 at the checkout. So don't miss out on your favorite horror apparel and accessories you can only get from Fright Rags. That's fright-rags.com. And remember, use MHOG10 at the checkout for 10% off your purchase at frightrags.com. <laughs> And welcome back to the Metal Hand of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and with me today, as always, is this fine gentleman over there. I'm the rum guy. Yeah, you're the rum guy. Yeah. Right. And today we have the the mighty, mighty Brethren Hog with us. What's up, guys? What's, What's happening? How you doing? Uh, you, guys, you guys can go ahead and introduce yourselves individually. That way everybody knows who's with us today. I am Christopher Posner. I sing and play the guitar in this band and this is Duber uh crinkles i go by that for various uh other reasons uh i play bass i hopefully uh you know once i get a little better at singing i'll be uh doing backup vocals so, hell yeah you know oh, man, cool but yeah, it's a it's it's a good time man <clears throat> well well this this uh this band, uh, the uh, when did you guys form? Real quick, I, I, I've, I'm just learning about you myself, so I'm curious how long you guys been together. Okay, right. Um, we started playing together in 2017. Um, he and I were in a band together, and uh, that that came to a close after about three or four years. You want to name drop that? And uh, yeah. it was a band called Kill Idabel. It's a weird story yeah. about that, but anyway, we played around New Orleans for about three, four years, and uh, that kind of ground to a halt. And um, we wanted to keep playing, and that was more of an indie rock kind of thing. And I wanted to kind of get back to my roots and play hard rock and hardcore metal again, which is what I started out doing when I was a kid, 17 and 18. I started in in, in hardcore bands and stuff. So I kind of just felt like... uh, it was time to get back to my roots, sorta, and so that's sure. what we did. And it's and it's actually in terms of just the feedback we've got from it, it's it's been really successful. So I mean, you know. Well, I, I'm definitely digging the, the the sound. I was talking to Wayne about uh, about uh, you know you can you can hear you can hear music and you can go, oh wow, this is cool. This may not sound like it, but it to someone who's listening to it it may have a sound that that puts you in a mood that you remember listening to a you know a certain band and mm-hmm. stuff like that I, he what did you say you heard a lot of you were you were, you were feeling I, like that i that, heard a lot of like that vibe. that clutchy sla- uh, sabbath vibe you know that that really just groovy you know it was i don't know it was real heavy and i just love the sound man it's just fucking incredible yeah yeah and I'm 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 hearing something completely different. I'm feeling the whole testament sub five. Testament. All right. Yeah. That's a new one for us. I've, I've, especially especially the one I heard the what is it, uh, all fours? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I really was feeling your your vocals, there's a, some notes you hit, man, that was like, fuck it, this is this is very cool. Because I'm I was always very heavy into testament. So uh okay. very, very good sound. And I mean that as a compliment. I don't say, you know, anything bad about it. Period testament or like 
early like uh like electric eye that okay. sort of that sort of stuff uh right. i would say probably not that's nah, not <laughs> yeah later, but like middle of the career that's awesome dude yeah 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 right very right. cool right right i got you okay yeah man um we we never uh we never kind of figured out what we were gonna start playing we just kind of got with the drummer and who is uh sam sprinkle and um he uh he kind of led us in this this directions uh chris came in and um dropped a a couple riffs on us and we just kind of started chugging along and one thing after another we started uh writing more and uh the songs got heavier and heavier and heavier and uh you know appreciate it i was in this phase where i started listening to the blues a lot nice like yeah and I mean, like old ass blues, like like you know stuff like uh, you know from like the twenties and thirties and Robert right. Johnson kind of stuff like right. that. Yeah. And the more I listened to that, because at that point I had never I had never really experienced that before, so I started going and buying all these blues records, and I was like, if you had a distortion to this, <laughs> man, this would you know. And I sort of finally saw the link of like, well, this is the progression of kind of hard rock and metal and where everything went, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of like the birthplace, man. You know, it's like the blues kind of yeah. like you build up from what those dudes put up. And, and if you listen to any any rock metal or anything like that, you, you can always find like uh, roots of blues or, or jazz and, and any of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, think about like Black Sabbath. What were they jamming on? You know, uh, exactly. American right. Blues was one of the, their heavy influences. Yeah, that's definitely an influence for us. I mean, there's there's parts. Uh, uh, there's a song um, we did. Um, shit, which one is it? The um, <laughs> that's that's the, that's the one right there. The <laughs> the the I know that song. The long one. Um, um, damn it. Uh. Next question. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm glad I'm not the only one that feels like that when he tries to answer something. Man, I for the longest time I couldn't say the word documentary on this show. I was kept saying documentarian and all this. I don't know why I couldn't say documentary. Yeah, yeah. you said it again. I did. Shut up. Shut up. But uh, no, that's very cool, man. I think the uh, the uh, the blues the blues thing. That's yeah. You really can trace a lot of the music uh, that you know oh, yeah. that has come come this way out of that that genre for sure but uh you guys have a really great sound and and the uh the the freaking guitars and the the bass it's got that type of uh that type of drive and that type of rhythm where uh the songs that i've been been listening to today uh it 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 makes me want to just kind of it it gives you that sense of power like you can walk down the street and just fucking kick someone's ass for no reason yeah you know And I, I like that because I, I really like to kind of do that. So, <laughs> so you, <laughs> you know, you know, man, being it being in bands myself at one point in time, uh, one of my favorite parts of being in a band was the actual construction of songs. And, and like you were saying, like you guys got together and was just kind of like, eh, well, let's see where this takes us, you know? And, that, and that's what I like about like songwriting in itself. You know, it's like, you uh, a friend of mine, or my former, one of my former guitar players, said to me, uh, "We were like talking, and they were like, I wonder if this song's finished.'" And he looked at me, and goes, "That'll eh, be done when it's done, when it feels like it's done, you know." <laughs> yeah. and, and I think a lot of people, I mean, it could be a short song, it could be a twelve-minute song, you know. But a lot of people don't look at it that way. They like, you know, these cookie-cutter bands and things that right. go go out there and they're like okay we need we need seven five seconds uh, or seven like four minute songs so we can make a, a record and make more money you know and and it's not about that it's more about like the art of construction and doing things like that and the feel about spontaneity and i think one of the worst things and it, it never works because i've seen other guys in bands do this is when they're starting a band and there's this idea of well, we're going to be like this yeah so yeah this very right thing that sounds like these three or four bands 
And then unless they're a really crappy band because they don't have the imagination to do anything else, generally whatever you even kind of think you're going towards when you start a new band with good people, it never ends up being that. It ends up being something completely different so yeah. you know yeah and that's how yeah. that, that's how um uh one of my last bands was we're, we're, we're kind of looking like okay we're gonna be we're gonna do a hardcore band we're deciding we're gonna do this so I, we gathered a bunch of guys together and we're kind of working on stuff and it totally it had hardcore feel to it but mm-hmm. it also had mixtures of you know like we were talking about bluesy stuff and then uh like uh metal you know different all of our roots came in together to build yeah. what we did and uh, uh, it was great. It was fun, you know. While it lasted, then I had some fucking vocal issues, so I had to stop playing. So those guys are still writing stuff, but I don't know if they're ever going to put anything out. I always just liked kind of getting into a room and just, you know, it's quiet. No one's really. Everybody's just kind of getting off work, or you're getting out. You know, just show up, to, and all of a sudden, it just kind of happens by accident. Where yeah. The guys, you know, you're tuning your guitar, and then someone goes, "What note is that?" Yeah. Do that again. And then all of a sudden, it just, it just, you just keep playing off that one note, and it just builds and builds, and then something, and then all of a sudden, you just sit back and go, "Well, that was fucking weird. I don't even know what this is." Do y'all remember what cool. we just wrote? Because I don't remember a goddamn thing. That, that's my, that was one of my remember, favorites. Do you remember too. what that was? And someone always goes, it's "Usually the drummer." I don't remember what I did. Yeah. So that runs in our circle a lot. The best stuff always happens by accident. Yes. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So you, you guys have a great sound, and uh, I know this fucking whole thing is throwing a lot of people for a loop. What we're all dealing with right now, but um, yeah. I, I, it's kind of like it's it's turned this year for a lot of musicians into like, well, this is fucked. This is this whole year is like a sit a and wash. work on stuff, but not really. It's such a limbo because like we started jamming in like August of 2017. So we feel like it took us forever to get to the point where the demos were done, the songs were good, everything needed to be. We booked the shows, we were ready to launch. And then suddenly like pandemic, you know? So one of our biggest, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, yeah. Cause I mean, I, I felt like I just got you guys to play a couple shows actually. And then all of a sudden it was just like all this shit happened, you know? Yeah, and then all and all of a sudden all this it, crap happened. Right. And, it, and you know what's weird and ironic though is that when, you know, the first 2 years or whatever we were starting yeah. to write these songs and play, we the him and the drummer had very different schedules from me, so it was like pulling teeth to just get the three of us in the same room once a week even. It was yeah. really hard. And now because and I mean, unfortunately, both him and the drummer are in the entertainment industry. Oof. They yeah. don't, you know, like like I got a desk job at an office. I'm I'm back at work right now. I'm doing people's taxes and stuff. These guys, one works does sound for a theater, and the other guy's a rigger. And like, there's just there's nothing going on. So now we can't go out and play the shows. But in terms of me getting together with the two of them and actually writing and stuff, we got all the time in the world. Right. So, right. Yeah, it, by the time it opens up, yeah. you guys are gonna be set. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it'd be like it's three like a, albums in. It's like a curse. <laughs> yeah, it's like a cur- it's like a curse and a damn blessing at the same time, man. Yeah, well, it, yeah. it took like two and a half damn years just to write like ten songs. <laughs> We don't go fast, unfortunately. <laughs> but since the COVID lockdown started, we did like three new songs. Oh, so. nice! That's, That's good. Awesome. Four, four, four. What? Well, technically four. Yeah, I don't have lyrics for them or anything yet. But you know, I'm I'm dragging four. it. What's yeah. what's the uh, it, what's man. the driving force to the to the uh, to your creation process when you're doing this stuff? Since you've had the time and you're able to reflect, I think maybe a bit on on like you're you're doing writing, you're making the songs. Is it? Is there a uh, is there a formula for you? Do you go, all right, we're gonna we're gonna do something in drop D right now. I don't know what we're doing, but we're gonna do it in drop D, and then you're gonna go from there. Do you do you think of the lyrics? Do you think of a direction on how you're gonna formulate? Uh, is there a story to the song? How is this working for you? There's definitely stories to some of the songs. I just follow the method I've always followed. I mean, I've been playing in bands for like 20 years, which is I write. I play guitar by myself or either play with them and have a spontaneous kind of, whoa, what was that riff? Hold up kind of moment. Gotcha. It'll come from that or it'll come from me playing by myself. But 
even when I play by myself, for me to sit down and say, I'm going to write a song tonight. It doesn't work like that. It's okay. more like I have to sit down and just be just screwing around or I'll be like, I like that lick I heard off that record. Let me sit here and learn this and teach to myself. And then I'll mess it up and be like, wait a minute. I just came up with something, you know? Nice. And then okay. the, the music always comes first. Then comes the melody and the actual content of the lyrics, the actual lyrical content. And not, this is, I mean, this is just the way I do it, you know? Right. But that's because I've talked to guys who the lyrics are the first thing they write and then the song comes. And I mean, if that works for you, great. But I just, I, I don't live on that planet. I don't, I, I can't even understand how, yeah, how they I, do I, that. I, I, just, I was actually going to say that, man, because like, I, you know, I sang for uh, two bands and I sang for probably. I was in and out of the bands for like 20 years and and uh honestly man like if they didn't finish a song and give it to me they wouldn't get lyrics because I'm like like guys I have to hear what you're playing for me to put anything to it like my my I have to hear a melody you know what I mean like I got to I got to have that point of where I think these lyrics I may have an idea of what I want to sing about but I do need to know where your points are because i'm not gonna because they're always there they were always asking me so is this a bridge or is this a verse i was like i don't fucking know yet man god damn <laughs> right yeah, me, i was always weird because i was you know i i sing uh, i did bass for for a while but i sang and i did a lot of writing and i would just write books and books and books of not just lyrics it was more poetry and stuff like that but when we get to the sappy shit to like a yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, if I was in a fucked up mood, it'd be a, it could be a, a poem about, you know, finding a body in a crick or whatever. I don't know, but right. it was weird. But I would go and um, I, I would go to a, like band practice and I'd be sitting there and they're playing something. I'm like, what do you guys, what do you guys want for this? What, what's, what, what are you feeling? What's Got the it. music talking to you? And then I think about what it's talking and then I'll flip around. I'll completely rewrite a, uh, something I wrote. But maybe take some. It, it was more like ideas for me to 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 pull out of yeah. these poems to, to make lyrics for a song, right. you know. So I could I could have four pages in one like short story and use maybe ten lines out of the whole damn thing. But it, it worked out. That's how I did it, just because I was on the other end of it. I've done that before. Yeah, like you just you had the spare poetry sitting around, and then it kind of you can work it in. Sometimes sure. you can, sometimes you can't. You know. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it really makes a difference because everybody in the in the room has a you know has a different you know you could play a, a really cool like three chords you could play three chords and everybody in that room gets something different a different feeling out of those three chords you right. know some some people may oh this is dark this is I you know this, you know somebody else goes oh this is kind of cool it reminds me of like driving I'm like really okay <laughs> so then you got to try to figure out where you can all like an even ground that you guys can come on. And so you all can really kind of feel what you're doing. I, that's, that's just how it always worked for me, but I, I love learning the different uh, processes. Everybody, everybody has a little something different than they do, yep. you know, when, when, they're, when they're doing this, this whole process. And a lot of people don't get that. Everybody thinks it's just, you know, like you're an author and you can just knock shit out and be done yeah. with it. But it's, it's not like that. <laughs> right. You know, right. 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 Yeah. I'm I'm kind of more dictatorial about the the lyrical content stuff as than like <laughs> once it's done like I'm just kind of like that's what the song's about and then it's like well you know you don't like it you write it you know I mean it's sure you know, and and we never really have a problem with the stuff that he's you know writing because I mean you know when it comes down to it you know we've always figured that he's you know he's the lead singer so I mean you know. Anything that he's going to write, you know, I'd say nine out of ten times, we give it the, the thumbs up next. You know, I, I don't think there's ever been anything that Chris wrote, really, that kind of was like, eh, you know. Most of the I'm, time, people seem like they needed me to decipher what the lyrics are about because it is <laughs> I don't write stuff that's in, incredibly obvious. So, right, you know, right. God, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that was the thing Which that we discussed. Yeah, and that's the thing that we discussed about was basically like I wrote all the lyrics, and mm. as long as you know, like we had one guy that was like super fucking political in in the band, and and he always wanted to do political stuff, and I'm like, dude, I'm not doing anything political. I was like, why do we want to fucking like? I'll take this as a as someone that told um, it was an old magician that told one of my uh, my 
I told my boss he's a he's a magician too, uh, but he's also a vet. So don't get confused. I see that confused look on his he face. Makes pets yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he 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 does uh, magic, and I'm also his assistant for the magic, as also with the you know veterinary business. So I do both. Um, but an older magician told him, he said, "Why?" Would you want to isolate half of your audience? He said, you know, one side one side of your audience is going to believe one thing and the other right. side is going to believe the other thing. But if you write about the one the one side, then all those people that don't believe that is just going to go away. So why not just right. write about yeah, people out right why not be neutral about things and then you know everybody can enjoy your music or everybody can enjoy what you're doing right and it's not pussing out to do that either correct i agree some people might say that my problem with that kind of thing and we don't we don't do that i mean everybody has closely held political beliefs you know whatever yeah but you date the music when you do that that is all yes music to that certain period in time, so that's all that represents, like the band Reagan Youth, okay? Right. Yeah. Just about, I mean, about but, to bring up. Right, but I mean, they're that. called Reagan Youth. That's <laughs> it. I mean, they can never be anything other than Reagan Youth, so it dates that to that particular time, you know? Yeah. So, and the kids are going to be something to be pissed off about. And so, the, why, you know? And the kids know. these days, man, are going to be kind of like, who the fuck is Reagan, <laughs> right? Uh, well, right. That's another. That's another. Like young kids are like Reagan youth, you know. Like what? So you know. But I mean, half those. I mean, shoot, kids nowadays don't even know what true punk rock is anymore. Unfortunately, you are you are so correct, man. They don't even know what real music is these days. To be honest with you, and yeah. and, and I hate to say that, but it's true. Like like today's generation. Like I always have this conversation with because I work with younger people sometimes at, at the clinic, and and the I'm like. Can you guys name at least like two songs that are on the radio that you listen to? And they're like, no, like what? Yeah. You know, I mean, like you can't name anything. No, it's just it's it sounds like this. You know, I'm like, really? Come on. Well, I, my question, Wayne, to you is, what are you doing to those kids at the clinic? <laughs> <laughs> they work with us, dude. They, oh, okay. Uh, we we have kids that come in that or they're aspiring to be veterinary technicians or veterinarians so they come and shadow us so i talk to them about different things because it could be a long fucking boring day for a you know a 16 year old guy just standing there going you know watching me you know hold a dog all goddamn day you know so because so, that's all he does he just pets puppies that's all i do that's yeah what, yeah that's, that's, all I that's what i, I do them. pet them i hang yeah, out hold, with them you know kid. wipe their ass he doesn't do anything yeah Kitties. I, I do kitties job. too, man. No, no, don't worry. I do cats too. I'm sorry. Right, right. I was just making sure, man. You're just petting puppies all day. Forget uh, about the feet lines. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but tell me about uh, if you don't mind. Uh, where did you? Where did y'all get the name? Well, we wanted to be Hog, just Hog, H O G G, because gotcha. I think when I when I think of what 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 would a good band name be. I gotta imagine it on a record label, spinning around on my turntable. Nice, sure. Like you would, I would sit as a little kid and I'd listen to like Van Halen or ZZ Top or something like that, and you'd see just that name going around, and it had to have a certain look to it, you know. And sure. just, I mean, that that sounded great. But there's some kind of uh, electronic, like synth pop duo or something out of Chicago named Hog, so that took that so we were like well what else are we going to do and i was reading a book at that time about the supreme court called the brethren and uh we were just kicking back names and i was like well, what about brethren hog and uh you know they pretty, liked it and pretty then, much immediately we were yeah like, we just ran it by some other people to be like is this is this stupid or not and everybody's like oh it's pretty good so you know that's you know, yeah, I dig yeah. it, man. I dig it a lot. That's a good. It was. It's an original name in this yeah. this vast majority of of like like bands these days. Like I'm glad. You know, I am glad it's not I'm seven. That's okay. I'm not glad it's not seventeen words. You know, like you know, like I buried a pig inside my head, or yeah. or 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 it's you know, two words like you know, cunt bleeding or you know shit like that. 
fecal raker or something. <laughs> right, right, right. Using lips or blood or right, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or or you know something with the South or or some bullshit like that. You know, I'm glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. Well, I get a, I get a kind of a. Well, I mean, come on now. We're all, we're kind of all in the South anyway. But I, I really get a cool feel when, when, when he told me the name of the band. I'm like, brother and hog. You know, though, strangely enough, the first image that popped into my head was the guy from Phantasm. So I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this creepy dude in all dressed in black with one of those really wide brim black hats, kind right. of look like the old, old reverend type hats, but the oversized ones. Yeah, just being yeah. creepy, coming through the woods, going from town to town, just making havoc, you know, wreaking havoc. I don't right. know, it just was weird. That's the first thing I popped in my head. <laughs> and then I heard the song, I'm like, now I'm really feeling it, because I'm really feeling the creepy vibe now. I like it. Yeah, I, I, that's, I dig that imagery. It's like right. Brevin Hall <laughs> traveling, traveling medicine show that, or some shit. Right, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what that's I thought. That's what yeah. I thought about it, too, man. As soon as you, when I read the name, I was like, yeah, it definitely has that that traveling uh medicine man feel or, or old school like like the the fuck up you telling uh, you how, preacher. how it is that sort of thing yeah 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 man uh if you don't mind shoot we might we, we might snag a little of that image no take it take it dude because that, that that that's dope that's uh that's really cool you know yeah like, you know most most of the time, people are just going to think brother and hog, and they're just going to immediately put out a live record called like Tent Revival or something like yeah, that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, when uh, my my former band uh, Resurrection Man, when we, we were around, um, the everybody was like, "What the fuck does the name Resurrection Man mean?" And I'm like, "Well, my guitar player was an English major, so what a Resurrection Man was is is the people in like you know Jack the Ripper days or whatever." would go in and take uh, bodies from the grave. They were grave robbers, basically, but they were stealing them for people to practice medicine on because it was illegal for them to use real people. So they called them the resurrection men because they would go out there, dig up the bodies, and bring them back. So our imagery was a dude's, like this old raggedy-looking guy with two shovels, like a skull and crossbones, but it was the shovels crossed around his head like that. So yeah. you know, it was it was that kind of morbid imagery, but it was still dealt with you know that sent that type of um, uh, time period. You know, everybody was kind of like, "That's so weird." Like I would have never thought that name meant that. I'm like, well, you know, right, right, yeah. I, I bet you a lot of people started confusing it with some type of Christ imagery or you know, like resurrection. You know, yeah. We, yeah, see, I went. We got a lot of that. And I was in was. Uh, we used the the demon imagery. We went with because uh, we were Fallen Thirteen, and we had the uh, we based it off of a, a painting that we saw the first thirteen angels falling from heaven. Nice. So uh, that's right. how, that's how we got that. So it was you know it's interesting how you can you know names even you can come up with a name a word, and again and it just brings different pictures into your mind and it which really I think adds to something you could really play up on. With, right. With a well, lot I mean, of it, at know. least it, at least it you know like means something you know. Yeah. Sure. There was a band, there's a metal band that used to play around here. This is like more like 15 years ago. And I mean, all, all, you know, respect to them. I'm not dissing on anybody, but there's these guys called Nine's Coldest. And they used to play at like Zeppelin's and stuff like that. I remember remember that band. Yeah, I was like, where does Nine is Coldest? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't didn't understand that either. I'm from. Refrigerator? Yeah, and then and then and, and back back in those days, I remember I was over at my mom's house and I was staring at the fridge one day, and I'm just like, and I and I figured it out, and I'm like, are you for real? Like you guys really <laughs> named yourself after staring at the refrigerator? Like it could be. I mean, it couldn't be anything else. Yeah, no, the no, nine's the coldest. To, to to the members of Nine's Coldest, wherever they, whatever they're doing now, but you know, right? It's staring at the fridge. So so. so so you guys were around in in the Zeppelin days then, okay? All right, that's cool. You know, because I, I I used to go there all the time and go see bands and see shit there. You know, I remember I remember was going that, to was see. Was that Fat City area? It wasn't Fat City. It was actually like the place for a long time to go see bands. I remember going to see Deicide there and Morbid Angel played there and like you know. These fucking huge bands were playing in this little bitty old place, man. Yeah. And, and, like, it was so fucking cool 
to get to see some of these acts. I remember trying to get in to go see SOD when they played there. It was not happening because yeah. it was so packed. It was like you couldn't even get to the door, you know. And it was just amazing, like that. Like we don't have venues like that anymore. Unfortunately, we don't have the venues nah. that that can bring those bands here anymore. And I, I, and I know yeah. I know it was a different era. Your area was famous for that because I'm I'm not yeah. from down there, so. But I even know that that area was famous for those type of uh, clubs that you know, and and they're they're fleeting all across the country now. When it comes to that, that type of feel, everybody wants something a bit bigger, a yeah. bit more fancier. But it was always the small clubs that that drew in the more intimate crowds, and and you had, you know, you had a, a huge band. Playing in a smaller club just meant that whole roof came off. You right, know? it was just amazing, you know. And that 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 Bruce stories that that created legends, you know, right. and influenced so many people. If you it, they really catered closer to more of a grassroots type of movement when it came to the music scene at that time. But it seems to be gone now. I don't understand. Yeah, uh, we we actually used to have a venue down in New Orleans called uh, the Dixie Tavern. Yes. And, uh, Man, I I seen some killer shows there. Shoot, uh, uh, the Black Dahlia Murders. I was uh, at that show. I was at a Black Dahlia show there. That, really? Uh, yeah, dude. I've... Skin Crawl. Yes, actually, you know the drummer from yeah. Skin Crawl, uh, Dave. Right? Remember Dave? He used to play drummers for Skin Crawl. Kind of like a hillbilly sounding guy. I I didn't know those people personally. I just I remember. I, I think uh, Unhollow the first. Uh, yeah. Black Dahlia came out, and a buddy of mine was like, "Hey, man, Skin Crawl's playing with uh, this new band, Black Dahlia," and so we just went out, and you know, we're sitting through Skin Crawl's set, and the first thing your boy does, he runs into the audience and headbutts this guy. The microphone goes like fifteen feet up in the air, and then. Whole freaking time, your boy is playing with just blood gushing out of yep. his head, and it was just—it was one of the funnest freaking shows I've ever been to. The you know, the and, the drummer from Skin Crawl started Resurrection Man with me, like that. that yeah, we were we were in the same band together. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah. that, that that's a. Uh, that's some timeline for you. Yeah, you know, that was a wild place. The guy, I, I played shows there like pre-Katrina, and it was the guy who's the singer in Thou. Uh, Brian Funk used to book there. Yeah, so. yeah. I tell you what, man. Honestly, that was probably that was our very first show ever. We played we played under the name Apartment Two Thirteen when we first started out. And I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. We that's who we were at first, yeah. and then and then another band decided that they had the name first prior to Katrina, and they they sent us a bunch of shitty notes like they hope we drowned and all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh right, fuck you guys, you can have the name, dude. You know we don't we don't really care. So we just changed it to Resurrection Man after. That was another hugely important thing in choosing the name is we had to yeah. make sure that no one else. Yeah. And now thanks to you know the the, the internet and whatnot, it's got to be no one else in the world yeah. has the no name. shit. Oh, yeah. well, you know what's really funny is like those guys were sending me all this shit, all this hate. You know, after we were still like evacuated from fucking Katrina and all this other stuff, they're sending me all this hate mail and stuff. And I, I just sent them one thing, one letter. I said, "Look, guys, we didn't know you guys existed. You know, right. we understand that you guys had a an, uh, an album out under this name." I said, "So no problem." Uh, right. But I just want to say one thing is. We didn't know you existed, but obviously you knew we did. So we're obviously the more popular one. Right. <laughs> but you can have the name because it kind of sucked anyway, you know? And they were like, uh, they never em emailed me again after that. <laughs> it was funny. Oh, shit. I was like, uh, fuck you guys. With the band I was playing in before and after Katrina, I was in a band called Tom Violence. And we had a guy that was, you know, emailing us, and and you know, he, he was a couple states away, and it was just a just a bunch of harassment. And bullshit. Yeah, that's all oh. it was. Oh man, um, when me and him was uh, in this band called Kill Idabel, yeah, um, we we had we had a great run for about five years, and then as soon as we dropped uh, Kill Idabel, and then we started moving into Brother and Hog, um, the web page was still up, you know. And we get this 
this email from what this lady in like Minnesota or <laughs> yeah it was it was a lady in Iowa, and Iowa. she was she was her daughter's name was Ida Bell and she was offended at us because she thought we were personally targeting her daughter yeah she sent us hate mail like, <laughs> like, like, we looked up where she lived this was like a town in Iowa where like you know like 300 people live or something like that it was just like is, is your daughter really the only Ida Bell in the world yeah this is, this is like a woman who would be on hoarders or something like that <laughs> She's got four thousand cats in one little like twelve by twelve room, and a box that she keeps next to her. And the old drummer at that point, he was, he was he was such a nice kind of gentlemanly button down guy. I was like getting on Facebook and messaging her back like, "Ma'am, ma'am, please, no, you don't understand. You know, like, daughter, ma'am, you know, it's like, just let it go." Oh, yeah. man, man, you know, speaking of a uh, uh, speaking of Dixie Tavern, man, I, I like I said, I, I we played our very first show there, and our very first show was with. Um, Oh God! Uh, minus infinity. Remember those guys? I don't know yeah, if you guys I remember. remember those. They, they were kind of like a tech band, tech metal band. And then um, uh, one of the other bands was fuck Parabellum from Mississippi. We played with those guys too. I remember that um, too. But uh, one of the best shows I've ever seen at Dixie Tavern was the night that Dillinger Escape Plan came and they played with fuck uh the original singer was in the band man and they played that fucking show it was so packed in that building you could not move and i remember them starting the show off and the bass player decides to stand on the bar and th throw his bass up in the air the very first song and you shoves it through the fucking ceiling fan, and it's like, pack, 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 ceiling parts were flying all over, dude. That show was insane. You could feel the floor at the Dixie bounce up and down. Yeah. Like I was like, oh yeah, this fucking place is gonna fall down. It was so crazy. <laughs> was that uh that was a Mastodon uh Dillinger Skate Plan tour, right? No, that, that the was... the Mastodon uh, Dillinger tour was at um, One Eye Jacks. That was okay. I saw uh, that shim too. The Shim Sham, yeah, yeah. That's what it's called. That was what it called before, yeah. That was a Zeppelin's once. Yeah. That was way back. Way yeah, back. Yeah. Like like I keep telling people like uh like these kids these days are, you know, like like I said, what kind of shows you guys are gonna go to? We don't right. go to concerts. I'm like, right. what do you mean you don't go to do you, concerts? Do you think anybody's ever gonna go back down there and uh well I, I would I would hope someone may in the future you know, with with a lot of businesses and stuff, I mean, there, you know, things are changing now, and a lot of places are leaving. But there's got to be some some new room for a new fat city somewhere. You know, yeah. that type of feel. I mean, there really has to be because it that that area. I mean, I'm I'm from originally up near Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a big music scene there. But we had a, something similar. We had a similar area, what we you could kind of call fat city, where you could go from one bar club to the next block another bar and a club yeah. to the next one and they were boom boom side by side you know but it was a very popular strip area that you could go and listen to so many d different bands and so many different genres uh but i really feel that with the uh you know your area down there being known for for that throughout so much history and, and having it down there it, it's almost a loss not to have a location like that somewhere anymore down there right um it's we it's like you're losing a little heritage a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's ironic because Fat City was, I mean, that was mostly shut down by politics, local politics, and the police. Because mm. not only uh, Zeppelins, but then two doors down, you had Cypress Hall for a million years, where, like, you know, I put on punk shows there when I was, like, 19 and 20 and whatnot. And currently, all those buildings are gone. It's been torn down. And it's a police station, you know, which is <laughs> the most... Like it's the most, it's 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 just like the biggest stab in the back, sort of, you know. So sure. Yeah. I mean, shoot, uh, Cypress Hall. I've seen a bunch of great punk shows, and you know, I, it it seems like now, you know, in New Orleans, everything's so spread out that I agree. You know, we we do need to have kind of like a, a neighborhood, so to speak, because I mean, one of the last kind of bars that we had that you know we're bringing down you know hardcore music was uh siberia and 
Siberia, I mean. That's, and that's gentrification. Because remember, like, we would go out there and they would be, like, staying around and be like, they always had problems with the people living and the around there. Yeah. And they stand by the guy's porch and this and that and blah, 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 you know. But, so, but in that neighborhood, you had Siberia and then you had. Um, high hoes right next door. High ho right next door. Well, still is, but. Yeah, but then, you know. Hats yeah. off to them for sticking around, but you know they don't do very. They much. don't. They don't do shows. I try. I like they do shows, but they don't do anything like they used to. Like I've actually tried to book there, you know, and it's everybody knows that listens to the show that I book mainly for Babylon, but I do try to book other places for bands. Like if any band wants to play somewhere. And yeah. I can possibly help those guys out. I'll be like, oh, sure, fuck, I'll go help you. Let me go see what I can do for y'all. You know, if I can get some some uh, feelers out to what shows who can play where. You know, and yeah. I've tried to get into hi ho, and they didn't even told me. They said, well, you know, we we only do uh, uh, like bands that have been here before. And and uh, what was the other thing he told me? He says we have specific bands that play on specific nights, and they usually bring the other acts. And I'm like, you know what, dude. Fuck you. Go about your business. Yeah, you know, I mean, I hate to say that, but it was like, because when, when uh, Resurrection Man actually played there, we literally brought the ceiling down. Um, it was before before they redid it, you know, had had the low drop ceiling back then in the day where they had that fucking mass. I, I, I actually have not been in there since then, like since Katrina. I okay. played oh, yeah. there a ton before Katrina because the, the ownership changed. Right. And, and the guy that booked it was the son of the of the owner of the building and he was the bartender too and they booked us there like all the time and then after during katrina i think the place just got wrecked yeah it uh, did it did but uh, so they, they sold it and remodeled it and well, shit after that yeah well, now I, it's now it's all pretty it's all pretty inside it doesn't even look like the high ho used to you know what i'm saying like but what i'm saying it, meal was that it was kind of trashy at that yeah like, yeah it was like know, a it used was, to hang out in the back room and smoke and whatever and talk to the the two owners and stuff and it was kind of like a second home for 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 my band at that point right. but then it was all gone after katrina it so. was kind of like a shithole that you loved you know what i mean it was it was basically how you put it you know and and <laughs> have like a like it, a, it was it was your little yeah. your own little cbgb pretty yeah. much yeah. yeah yeah and it was like that one the hi ho yeah. was like that. Fucking um, Dixie was definitely like that. Yeah. Um, then it went to uh, Ze- well, Zeppelin's Dixie, the hi ho, and even at points uh, the bar when the bar was up in Fat City. Remember the bar, you guys? I don't know if y'all ever played yeah. there. That mm-hmm. was that was ending up being like that too. And then it then it all kind of just faded away after all the the closing and stuff. And I mean yeah. like. For Babylon, it, I know it's a small venue. I know it is, but you know what? We're trying to pull what those people have done. Like I've been emailing bands like, you know, like back then. I mean, it's not. I can't get Morbid Angel obviously to play at Babylon, but you know, we. Right. I have been hitting up ba- bigger name bands to do small shows, and I'm even yeah. hitting them up to do like surprise shows. Like what I'll, I've been trying to do is, you know. Um, Maybe do like, okay, look, you guys book this day here. I'll get two other bands to be on the bill. And mm-hmm. then the week before the show, we'll announce that there's a capacity law of how much we got to do. And this is how many tickets you got. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. it. And this is how it goes. And the rest of you guys have to stand outside, <laughs> you know? Right. And there was, a, there was a lot of things we were working with with, uh, with the Fillmore downtown. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking to the same bands and stuff and be going, okay, so, you, you know, if we could get the band from the Fillmore, since they're going to be in town, they want to hang out, do something anyway. Why not stop by the Babylon, drop in, like, do four or five shit or secret, songs secret and show. call it an evening, you know? Right. That sort not, of thing. But it's that, tough. That That's a great idea, man. And, I'll, I'll give you guys mad props over at the Babylon um, for, you know, beefing up y'all's sound system. Yes. You know, I, I'm a sound engineer by trade, and we went in there, and y'all killed it. Thank you, know? man. And, um, you know, I, I can't I can't. We, had, we had played enough. in there in, like, the, like, maybe, like, three years or four years or something like that, mm-hmm. and, and it was, it was, it had improved by leaps and bounds. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had, uh, I think I've been I've been doing shows there probably. Uh, this will be the sixth year coming of the wow. eight unholy nights stuff that I've been putting on. I do a festival every February called the Unholy Nights, so uh-huh. I've been booking there. This will be my sixth year booking completely there, and. Mm-hmm. 
after the first year and a half, that's when we got all the new sound stuff. Like after I started putting all the bands and stuff in there and doing, we, we, we really taught me and me and Rob, the owner talked and he said, what can I do to make it better? And then we just kept going on back and forth and it's going to yeah. get better and better guys. I promise y'all. Like, that's uh, killer. Yeah, we're trying, you know, we're, we're here to support the bands is what we're here. That's why we do what we do. Like we don't charge for the sound, you know, that, that guys are paid for by us already, you know, yeah door guy we don't charge you for the door guy we give you everything at the door because we know like mm -hmm. what comes in mm -hmm. you know you guys are working for that we're not working for that you know what i'm saying so that's that's your money you know and, and we feel that yeah. venues that charge for the sound guy or charge or take out of the door for the sound that always or, sucked man. It, it's that blows. always sucked for me because yeah. I, I remember getting there you know you, you get a back home i'd get a gig you know paying gig and you're like well this is cool how much we make and we're like you know, you know barely most bars back in the day didn't want to pay shit right but up right. around pittsburgh you could actually get some decent money rolling so you know you, you get us like we're getting paid 500 bucks sweet 500 bucks that's what we got to do all right we just got to show up and we got to play pay or play but we also out of that 500 bucks we got to pay the sound guy uh, the door guy, the bar, got to pay for the extra bartender. I'm like, how? Why are we fucking paying for the extra bartender? Yeah. Right. It never made a damn bit of sense. And the problem and with then, that for like bands when bands walk in, and I've had that happen to me before. Is like it just it puts a different attitude in your head about that place. It's, it does. It's it's just like, would you like you guys even want to do this? I mean, it's like, you know, like you got to. It's just sort of like you got to spend money to make money kind of thing. And if you're going to alienate the bands. By doing that, especially what if somebody's really, really great and they're just starting out and they're only going to pull in like 10 people or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking, you guys, with the, with the sale of the first album, you guys should invest <laughs> some of that money into your area and make your own fat city. I'm thinking you guys could do it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm with, I'm with partnering up with a, any bands that are on that tip, man, because, I mean... Yeah community you know and if we don't have community we're not gonna ever do anything you yeah. know I that, mean, that's exactly what it is because there's so many bands if the bands and i I've, I've said it before and i know it it sounds very you know fairy tale i get that but there's areas of around every town where you you know if you, you know the right people and uh someone's got a building hey they're not doing shit with it you know right. maybe the bands get together they're like you know we can put the time we'll put the blood sweat and tears into this place let's make a very cool venue or a really cool area you know right. fucking we we ran out of places to play back in the day, so we were going over to farmers who had extra fields and building outside stages. Yeah, you know, that's all the fuck we were doing. So it, instead of having like a drive-in movie theater, they were just coming in pickup trucks or right. cars and field and just that's having a fucking, fucking cool. good time. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one one uh, book and shows. You know, um, I used to be in the rave scene a good bit, and uh, no judgment, but uh, <laughs> you know. It, it, uh, it taught me a lot about, you know, having having that kind of uh, commitment to your venue. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're taking these venues and, you know, putting time and effort into it where you're, you're getting good sound guys, you know, you're, uh, you're putting a good sound system in it, people are going to start coming to your spot more. So, I mean, why not? You know, it's, it's just about respect. It's about respecting the, the venues, respecting the bands, the bands respecting the bands, the bands respecting the venue. And the best scene, quote unquote, scenes I've ever seen or been a part of is where you got a couple of really good bands that all they know each other, they respect each other, you know, and and then they help each other out. So one guy goes up and everybody goes up together instead of. It's just no band makes it sitting back and being like, "Well, it's just about us and fuck everybody else." You know? Yeah, so yeah. It, it's got to be a community. You've got to yeah. have that type of community feel. And sometimes I think uh, I know there's there's a lot of great new talent out there, a lot of young talent. Hopefully they they're they're parents raised them right and they're doing the right thing you know what i'm saying you know to to make the music you know and, and to continue the traditions and things but um uh i do see uh some of the younger bands i've been to a couple places that uh walking in a little bit too elitist you yeah. know what i mean they're they're already walking in like they already fucking made it right. and you should be kissing uh -huh. their ass just for being there and i'm like that's yeah. not how it works dude you know throw out you know be humble man go in there and go hey 
You know, yeah. I know we're new, but you know, be friends. Don't make enemies, especially when you're yeah. just coming up. Right. Yeah. Even even if you're having a bad night and you think you played a shitty show and you just got off stage and somebody wants to come up and talk to you and just you know just just be humble about it. Talk you know, to don't, them. Yeah. Even if you got serious like personal bullshit going on and you just aren't feeling talking to anybody. You got to be humble, and you got. That's why you're there. You're there to meet these people and have these people meet you. Because then, you know, I, I've tried to go up and, and talk to guys and bands after shows, whether it was somebody semi-famous or just somebody I never heard of that got added to a show I was on. You know, and no sure. matter either way, if they're a dick to me, it's just like, well, you know, why am I wasting my time talking to you? You know, you you you're why are you even doing this? You know, so Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent, man. And I yeah. try I preach that to like the newer bands that I book at, at Babylon and whatever. I talk to these guys, you know, you know, I hate to be like I feel like I'm the old man, you know. I mean I'm I'm forty five years old, you know, and these kids are coming in there and twenty twenty five years old, you know, playing their stuff. And I always yeah. tell them, I was like, guys, look, you got to remember where you come from. I said, it, right. it was that what that's how I looked at it when I was starting out. I said, I respected the guys that came before me. And, mm -hmm. you know, I talked to them. I learned a lot from these dudes. I said, that's what you need. You need to do. You need to respect every band that's here, and especially mm -hmm. the guys, the older dudes that are still out there kicking ass and doing what they like to do and play, even though mm -hmm. they're not fucking rock stars, they're still pave the way for your ass to be here it so costs, it costs zero dollars to not be a dick okay? exactly exactly yeah. and you yeah. know it's always good at least and it's something something i used to do is if I'm, i was playing a place and you know you go in and you're looking around and you see a band in the house mm -hmm. there's another band that came in to see your show yeah i always throw them out like hey you know, so and so's here. We want yeah. to throw out a shout out to them. They're yeah. doing great. You know, yeah. you know, check them out. You know, give them let give them some recognition too because they're there. They're there to support you. You know, it doesn't hurt. That little back and forth never hurts later on down the line. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Always thinking. You know, the bands that a either put on the gig or you know, like you said, coming out and seeing your show, mm -hmm. even if it's two guys. You know, sure. at, you know, I mean. It's it's not about name dropping. It's about giving respect to you know, absolutely, are, uh, you know, giving time and effort to you know be there. I mean, you know, uh, I've learned you know a couple bands from not even you know playing a show, not knowing who they are, and then becoming real good friends with them after the fact. You know? Right. Or, sure. When we were in uh, Kilolina Bell, we played with uh, this band. Uh, uh, what was it? Static Mat? No, it was the Fruit Machines. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the guys in the Fruit Machines, right, was part of Static Mask. Yeah. Is that how mm -hmm. that worked. Yeah. And you know that actually, we were playing at Bank Street Bar at the time, and um, between us, the Fruit Machines, uh, Static Mask, and what was the that other band, the Three Piece? Bad misters. Bad misters. All a bunch of great people. Mm -hmm. All great to play with, you know, and all the time, you know, so, you know, you get on a gig with one of them, and then, you know, lo and behold, you're, you're playing a lot of shows because, you know, each band's got a different, you know, following. And it's just, yeah. yeah, it's kind of one of those things where if you're not nice to the bands or no, I don't want to say not nice, you know, it sounds kind of sissy, but if you're not nice, don't be nice boys. No, but uh, yeah. if you're not like respectful to the acts that you're playing, even if you don't like their music, you know, it doesn't matter. They're up there busting their ass too, but yeah. you could never ever, you know, build a community or, or a scene quote unquote, you know, if you, if you're a bunch of assholes, it doesn't. Right. It just doesn't work because it's like everybody's going to be fighting everybody. And oh, yeah. who comes to see shows? Ninety-eight percent of the time, it's the other bands, guys. You know, I mean, that's who supports the music scene. Other bands. You know, you got to be if you're if you come off as the that's the dickhead band. No one's going to fucking come see you. <laughs> no, I've seen that well, happen in real time to, to to people. And there were there were bands that I would book on shows that they weren't. I didn't necessarily like them, but they were just great guys. Right. You know? Sure. Like, like I'd be putting together like a bill for a show, and I'd be like, "We need one more band." Well, let's get 
the so Joneses or whatever. Yeah, so and so. Yeah, the Joneses is very good, eh, not too great, but they just they'll be on time. They'll be respectful to everybody. They're great guys, just fine. And the know? big thing, they will be honored to be on the show, and they will fucking promote the shit out of it. Right, right, yeah, right. You know, right. those kind of yeah. guys, well, I would put on a show, on a bill, and a heartbeat over to the guy who can draw me seven million people. That's a fucking asshole. Right. Yeah, you're well, right. Well, let me throw out a scenario to you guys real quick because I'm curious. Yeah. Let's say right now that phone rang in the, in the room and it was a ba- band wanting to play with you. What band would you like to play? It doesn't have to be a local band. What's your dream gig that you could play with individually? <laughs> what's your what's that band? What's well, the band that you could go? You go first on this one. All right. Well, uh, right now... I would say, you know, just just because it's been ticking around, but I've been jamming on them since they came out, and that was Mastodon. I give their cool. nice freaking credit like out the ass, and I I, I feel like it's a great band. We, we don't we don't you know uh, come off as sounding like them or even taking yeah. inspiration from them, but <clears throat> I, I, I try to have melody in the music. That's yeah, right. and but, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I say Mastodon and shoot, uh, it's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. it is a good choice. On, on top of that, man, those guys are super nice. Those are the nicest dudes I've ever met in my life. The guys yeah. from Mastodon. Uh, a quick, quick story: when they played with Dillinger at uh, Shim Sham, I was sitting at the. Like the Dillinger, I just finished. Everybody was, I was closing out, you know, whatever. And um, I walked up to the merch table, and they were uh, the singer was packing up the merch table. Of course, this is way before he was like super famous and wouldn't stand by the table. But uh, I'm sitting there, just just sitting there. I wasn't even looking at the merch. I was just sitting there while he's packing up, and I was waiting for my friend to meet me there. And he uh, he tapped me on my shoulder, and said, "Hey man, you want this poster?" I said. Yeah, well, you, you don't want it. He goes, Nah, man, I'm gonna throw it away. It's just it was the sent on the front advertising for what we had. So he, I got a remission poster from him. He's just like, Here, uh, take it, man. And I told him he did a great joke, and he's like, oh, Thanks, I appreciate that. And that was it. And then that was really cool. He's such a nice dude, you know. Oh, dude. What about? Uh, uh, here's a quick story about Mastodon. Um, so they were doing Voodoo Fest one year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I work for a company that. Uh, does a production for Voodoo Fest, oh, nice. and um, a friend of mine had been—he he worked for the same company as I did. Long story short, he—he uh, he was from Atlanta, and he knew the guys really well. And I—I um, uh, I was talking with him, and I was like telling him about how you know, as Mastodon was growing and growing, how much I dug their stuff. And uh, he was like, "Dude, when they're playing." You know, uh, I'm going to call you up and we can go chill on their bus, hang out, drink, chill. And uh, just so happened that weekend, I went out to Baton Rouge after the fact and my phone was dead. And I had these voicemails from the guys being like, yo, Duber, what the fuck? You're supposed to come and hang out. And here you are talking to your voicemail. And, you know, just for one, just to give me any type of credit. You missed it. You know, like. Yeah. Look, I, you know, I, I missed my chance. You done so, screwed the poop. Dude, dude I've, been the, I've been through the same thing with another guy. Uh, it was for my birthday. And a friend of mine went to Dallas to see. I couldn't go for some fucking reason. It was either money or, or, or some bullshit. I couldn't remember what it was. But they went to see Devin Townsend in fucking in uh, in Dallas, and his brother worked for the fucking radio station and got in on Devin's bus. And Devin actually called my cell phone. My phone was off. Left me a message singing. He said, he said, he said, "Hey Wade, how's it going? We're all over here partying." And he just started singing. And then he went. Uh, he said, I just wanted to tell you happy birthday. And uh, and then he said a bunch of other crazy shit like Devin Townsend does. And, and, he, and he says, bye-bye now and hangs up. I was like, motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. Out of all the times, my fucking phone is going to be a uh, voice. Uh, that was funny. Well, what about you, man? What about your dream call? 
Um, I'd like to open for the Melvins. I think that would be really oh, good. Oh yeah, dude, the Melvins. I've Melvins. met them, and like, if you if you talk to 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 Buzzo, like, he's really down to earth, and like, will talk to you. But if somebody comes up and is acting stupid, he just flat swats them away like really easily. Like, but they're really they're really they're chill guys, you know. And I've Very just respected cool. the hell out of that band since I was like. 15 or 16 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's a band a lot of people don't even th- I mean, you don't hear their name as much as you used to. And I, mm-hmm. that's a shame because they were an awesome band. They're yeah. still I think they're kind of an institution now, you know. Oh, um, yeah. I, they played at the Mushroom. They played an in-store there a long time ago. so like 20 years ago. And I went out there and I saw them. And I was in a band that was kind of doing like crappy, like classic rock at the time that lasted maybe a couple of months and i had a cdr of it and everything and i went up all nervous and i talked to buzzo at the end of the show you know and he took the cd and he put it in his duffel bag and everything was very nice about it and there were there were younger kids there i think they were playing at the shim sham or something that night but i couldn't go for whatever reason and then there were kids that were like you know younger than 18 that which in the year 2000 is incredible that there were kids who were 15 who like the melvins but exactly so these kids are coming up and they're kind of aggravating him while I'm trying to talk to him and stuff. And he's he's bending over. They they set everything up themselves. You know, it's just a small small kit for Dale Crover and and bass player and 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 Buzzo. And they're playing over in one end of the mushroom. They're picking up everything. They're picking up their pedals. They're winding their chords and everything like that. And you know, and Buzzo's like. He actually called me over because I was wearing a Sepultura T-shirt, and he started asking me questions about him. Uh, and he's picking up his his, his his stomp boxes and his pedals, and he's putting them in his duffel bag. And this kid behind him comes up and, like, bear hugs him, like, just unexpectedly. And he's bent over putting his pedals into his oh. duffel bag, and he's talking to me. And he just looks at me like, like, what? Like, 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 what the fuck is this kid doing? <laughs> <And> <laughs> <laughs> absolutely horrified and the kid just like he jumps down and he's like sorry i just had to do that it was like a 13 year old kid so maybe the melvins don't do hugs but you know <laughs> that should be that's, the name that's, of- that's one thing i would think of with them as like you know i i you know melvins hugging I that, that should it, be the name whatever. of their next record the melvins don't do hugs no, no. <laughs> Buzz, Buzz did not enjoy the hug. How did he so. even get around his hair? The kid literally—he was right. bent over, and the kid literally like jumped up a foot in the air and like did like that. And he just—he just looked at me like 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 for a second, like, "Are you touching me? What the fuck's going on?" What is this? It's like you just got raped in prison. Oh, man, I'm just trying to give you my demo. So yeah. you know, which that's, that's you messed did. up. Yeah, like they use my demo as like a coaster or something. In the yeah, park. probably. But yeah, it was still cool that you got to do that. I've, I've, I did that with the, cool. with the guys in a few bands, man. Like, here, I got this demo. You want to check it out? Sure, I'll take it. You know, yeah, fuck, you know. Wayne has no shame. He'll do anything. Yeah, well, fuck it. Uh, it kind of sounds like awesome. I, I, I'd run up to the first guy and you know, be like, here, check us out, check us out. Yeah, 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 fuck it, dude. It's not going to hurt if they say no. I mean, fuck it. Who cares? I, I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? They can, you know. All publicity is good publicity in my life. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, guys, I know we got off the track and we went all crazy, but let everybody yeah. know where they can get your music and and check you guys out before we run off of the show. Well, you can get our music on Bandcamp. We have demos up there right now. What we really want to do is get into a studio and do a full-length album this fall. We're talking about that right now. And that's probably something we can accomplish without COVID problems. Um, so that's definitely going to happen. And, uh, you know, we got a YouTube channel. Uh, we just we just did a video a couple of weeks ago. That's another thing we did with our, uh, our, our Corona downtime. Um, so we got a video for our song, The Throne, that's up. And we got about four or five tracks up on uh, on Bandcamp, and you know they're free. Come and get them. You know, so awesome. Do you have any uh, Do you have any T-shirt merch or anything like that yet? No, we got to work on that. But then again, it's like once we get the gig sure. and again, then then there's the market for that. So well, we really, have I to definitely when you get it done, I need a shirt. I gotta I gotta buy a shirt from you. You got it, man. You got it. You got, you got it. it. And. Uh, we're we're actually in the process of uh, tinkering around to uh, do another video because you know with this whole COVID thing, 
we would like to play more shows, but you know, I'd rather us take this time, put out another video, kind of like sure. that way we can get more. We talked uh, about doing because I'm seeing all these bands, especially bands that are they're based in the city that can't play right now, doing these sort of these virtual live yeah, performances. Sure. And we discussed it. We just kind of like. Uh, it's not really for us. Like, it was you know, it was okay when it first started, guys. But uh, I think the the uh, audience for it has gotten tired. So don't. I wouldn't do it just because yeah, it's you. a waste of time and no one's gonna fucking yeah. show up. Right, right. If we were to do something like that, we'd hook up a camera and do three of our songs in the garage as a live. Like, hey, here's a taste. Boom. But we'd rather just we agreed we'd rather just I had a bunch of footage for some stuff I had shot like two years ago and we put that together and then we just kind of mimed one of the songs in our practice space and put everything together and you know just I'd, I'd rather do something with a narrative or theme or visuals to it and just like like why not a video wouldn't a video just be yeah. better to, yeah. to, to do this time this downtime than this than this you know the, the the live stream thing so so we didn't get you know, and we'll probably do another one so sounds nice, good man nice. well guys look thank y'all so much for coming on the show dude it was so much fun having y'all and like i hope everyone out there listening is gonna go and you guys have a spike in fucking downloads and 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 likes on fucking facebook and all that good shit brethren hog go to band camp god damn it <laughs> We also have an Instagram as well, so uh, you know head Instagram, Bandcamp, YouTube channel. Got a new video out for the throne. So and check it out. Go check those dudes out. Um, but anyway, I was your host Wayne, and I am the handsome rum guy. You wish. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to keep it, keep it. Go ahead and run. Run home and cry to mama. Get the fuck out. Okay, then. That's it. <laughs>